Ah, yes, good morning. Monday, the 15th of January. Hopefully you've had a great weekend. There is so much sport to get through on Summer Brecky here on SEN. We're here for Brighton's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. Good morning to everyone listening at SEN 1170 here in Sydney as we fill in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. And for the first hour, we're welcoming those of you listening on SENQ 693am in Brizzy. Ben Davis will be along from 6am Queensland time, filling in for Pat and Heels. And of course, good morning to everyone else across the SEN network and on the app. Pick up the phone and have your say on the open line this morning, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, 1170 or send through a message on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes Mortgage Fund, up to $1,500 a month off your home loan for two years. T's and C's apply. And if you can't listen live, catch up on the podcast. Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy is what you need to search on all of your favourite podcast platforms and on the SEN app. Today's guests, well, firstly, it's Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps with you. And the guests we're going to have on this morning, Jaleesa, Ryan Harris, Aussie superstar, he's on the Strikers coaching staff, but we can't wait to talk about the Test match this week. There's been a lot of conjecture about selections. The team is picked. They are likely mostly all in Adelaide, uh, and we'll get the latest on prep there. The SEN tennis expert, Brett Phillips, will join us. Nick Ashman from Sportsbet, and we'll hear from Bharat Sundarason on the one-on-one he had with Steve Smith yesterday. We've got a couple of prizes to give away. A double pass to Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at Sydney Dragway on Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of January. Get your tickets now. And a golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls from Odyssey at the number one putter in golf. Jaleesa, good morning. Good morning. How are you? We should yeah, peel I'm back going. the curtain a bit, Copes, and we should uh, okay. explain to the listener what's doing. So okay. you had this completely outrageous plan that, to be honest, as a person who worries about everyone constantly, was worrying me for, I reckon, about a week. I kept bringing this up to you the whole <laughs> week that we were working. You were going to do the Big Bash in Canberra last night. Then you were going to drive back. So once you're off air and everything, you'd be lucky to get away by 11.30. I think that would have been ambitious. You were going to yep. drive back. And then come basically, it's three and a half hours-ish from Canberra uh, to Sydney. And then you were going to come basically straight onto radio, maybe have a bit of a power nap in the car. That was the dumbest idea I think you could have ever had. And you would not be talked out of it. And this morning I'm talking to you on a screen and you're in Canberra. And I'd like to know who talks some sense into you. I'm thinking it's Kim. Just, I, 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 don't, I don't think you came to this conclusion by yourself. No, I'm often adamant that I can do things, can achieve things uh, regardless of sleep. And you're absolutely right. I'm coming to you from a hotel room in Canberra and it's a very good decision that Kim made on my behalf. (laughs) Yeah. Because I drove down yesterday from Sydney to the game, arrived at about five o'clock, did literally a quick shirt change straight in the change room and uh, did an interview for seven with Tanvir Sanger. And then it was straight into the broadcast last night, which we'll talk about. Uh, shortly, Jaleesa, but it was one of those things that I, I agree with you. Right here, right now, as we sit here, great decision not to get on the road. It was pelting down rain last night. Uh, as you know, mm. well, having done the drive many times, there's wildlife everywhere, so mm. good decision. 
Good yeah. decision. Talk- well, I actually came back. I was going to say, oh, Jaleesa, I was going to ask you, what about your weekend? Well, I actually came back. Well, I didn't have a great weekend, to be honest. I've got a family oh, member no. who's a little bit sick at the moment. So uh, I was actually in Canberra and drove back uh, before you, uh, well before you. So I landed in Sydney at about six and even then the rain was just starting to come down and I was thinking, oh, Copes, what's he thinking? <laughs> anyway, so I'm well, very glad. Well, the good news glad. is we made it. I'm very glad you've we made, made a smart it. decision. We made it. So the top stories this morning, we'll speak firstly on the cricket. So big bash last night, the Adelaide Strikers, it was a must-win game to lock in finals for the Adelaide Strikers against the Sydney Thunder in Canberra at Marnica Oval. The Thunder won the bat flip and they decided to bat. They were bowled out for 140 in the final over. And Lloyd Pope came on and bowled the 19th over he was on a hat-trick. He ended up taking three wickets in four balls. Uh, it takes four for 22. And then it was the Matt Short show. So Alex Hale's top scores for the Thunder, 43 off 32. Davey Warner only managed 13 off 10. He was brilliant on the player, Mike. Uh, but the strikers, they get the job done in Canberra and they lock in the finals. But I want to talk, Jaleesa, I don't know how much you watched this game, but about Matt Short. David Warner now no longer at the top of the order for Australian white ball cricket, well, 50 over cricket, I should say, as well as test cricket. I think this guy, who scores 74 not out of 49 balls, is a genuine superstar, reigning player of the tournament in the Big Bash. I think he'll get the player of the tournament again, and I think he's going to be a fixture in international cricket for a long time for Australia. Let's take a listen to the highlights. Matt Short on strike again, McAndrew in, past the umpire, and oh, long down the ground, hook it into my veins, Chuck. Look at it. That is out of here. It's on the roof and gone. On the roof and gone. Saying it to Matt Short, that one is out of the ground. Matt Short seeing it beautifully, bigger, and that is gone onto the road as well. That's into the Manica Circle uh, pub, I reckon. Long oh. sweep, out of here. Your boy. You cannot bowl there to Matt Short, and he's peppering that roof. Didn't make the bin this one. It bounced back off the lid. There is going to be dints galore on the roof at mid-wicket at Marnica. So that's the highlights from Marnica Oval. Uh, commentary on SEN last night. Jaleesa, did you watch it? And, and if you didn't, uh, can you tell me if there's anyone else in the world playing better cricket than Matt Short? Well, I saw, sort of was flicking a little bit uh, and ended up more on the tennis last night uh, because there was a very interesting game involving an Australian that I'm sure we'll um, get to. Uh, but yeah, Matt Short was, I think it was someone texted us in early last week about that, the, him as an opener when we we're having the opener debate, when relentlessly having the opener debate. And it was someone who, he wasn't really Matt Short mentioned around a lot, but when uh, someone, I wish I could think who texted in, it kind of all clicked and it does make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I imagine he'll be in the Australians up in the white ball and then uh, even into the red ball as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's playing the best cricket of his career. He's scoring hundreds for Victoria and Sheffield Shield cricket. He bats in the middle order there. But one thing is for sure, opposition teams are fearing this guy as soon as he walks out to the crease, he's destroying them and he's winning games off his own bat, let alone the likes of Darcy Short 
uh, Jake Weatherald, who's in some ripping form as well. So there's lots going on in the Big Bash. Uh, there was another game on Friday night. It, biggest ever home crowd at the SCG, Jaleesa, for yeah. the Thunder and the Sixers match. Did you go? I know you said you weren't planning on it. Uh, but did you go and did you see that game? No, because I was heading down to Canberra. So I would have loved to have gone. But, yeah, just a, a few other things going on that I had to attend to. But um, I did watch uh, watch it. And, um, well, first of all, to see Steve Smith get out, that was very disappointing. Socky, though. How about Socky? He can't retire. He just can't. He can't do it to us. Uh, seriously, the uh, at the end of the match, I sent him a me- The first thing I did when we got off air for SEN, I was there for Doug uh, for SEN with Doug Bollinger. First thing I did was send him a text message. It was one more year, one more <laughs> year, one more. His reply was one more beer. <laughs> yeah, he he was in our uh, he was in our SEN group chat, and everyone was you know heaping a lot of praise on him. And he said, "Thanks, everyone. Has anyone got a tip for the races?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, moving on. Moving don't on. think he was he was keen on engaging in any kind of one more year chat, but I mean he's such a fan favorite, and I don't know. I, get him against the West Indies, I say February nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know you said you didn't want to play anymore, but hey, do you mind playing a test match? Uh, just if you missed that game, uh, here is Steve Smith getting out for a golden duck. Sam's in. He comes for the first ball. Oh, Pulled no. out to deep oh, square. No. Could he be out first ball? Wow. He is disaster for the home going here on? at the SCG. Stephen Smith caught a deep square first ball. You first, wouldn't read about it, Doug. First ball of the game. Oh, there you go, Dougie. Dougie was as excitable as you like on Friday <laughs> night. He was having a great time. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe took three for 13 off his four overs, as you said. Uh, when he took one of his wickets, Doug Bollinger, it was like he was part. He was. It was like he had an ownership stake in Steve uh, Steve O'Keefe's shares <sighs> and the Sydney Sixers shares. Let's take a listen to Socky's couple of wickets. Two behind, point on the offside. Oh, there he goes, Socky. Stephen O'Keefe. We just said it could be his last game at the venue. He's done it so many times here at the SCG for the Sydney Sixers, the New South Wales Blues and Australia. No. And Alex Hales has to go. But, yeah, oh. Socky! <laughs> Stephen O'Keefe, we're talking about Cameron Bancroft and about Stephen O'Keefe, how often he's done it at this venue for the Sixers. We said, what a tie power power play for the Thunder. Well, Stephen O'Keefe says, hang on a minute. That one clubbed out to deep mid-wicket. Jordan Silk underneath Silky, it. Silky, unlucky Davey. And he takes the catch. Jordan Silk doesn't put him down. Uh, Jaleesa, firstly, apologies. You have to listen to me commentating and this morning. But uh, Stephen O'Keefe and, and your thoughts on Dougie. Yeah, well, very excitable. I wish I had been <laughs> – I should have been listening to the commentary. I I think it's great commentary. Um, yeah, but Sox just – I mean, we talked about it last week a bit, how uh, he said in his last interview how the Big Bash had kind of reinvigorated his love for cricket after the disappointment of being let go um, from the Blues. And he's just – I don't I think he's retiring. I think he's 39. I think he's retiring a bit prematurely. I, I reckon get the chopper, get Davies' chopper to take him from, he's moving, I think, up north to Lennox Heads or something. Get him to get the chopper down for each game, surely.
<laughs> Davey did, I can confirm, at Canberra yesterday, Davey did drive to the ground. It wasn't chopper to every venue uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, the chopper itself, like that, to, for that to go off it without a hitch too, it says that it's so much about how good the game was in that we haven't really even spoken about it. Like no one's really spoken about the spectacle that was the chopper landing. Yeah, that's true. It w- I tell you what, that was remarkable to watch just at the venue and it had to be done by the time the gates opened. Mm. So it had to be done by five o'clock. It actually w- would have been unbelievable to have a packed house. Davey just fly in for the warm-up. Mm. That, that would have been cool. I know they couldn't do it, but everyone would have just loved that. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the, around the globe and around the rest of the sporting world, uh, starting with the NRL, questions being asked as to why the Dragons announced the signing of Ronald, Ronald Volkman and allowed him to train with the squad before his contract was registered with the NRL. He now sits in no man's land when it comes to his surgery and recovery with the Dragons no longer planning to register his contract and the Warriors having already released him. We spoke a little about this at the back end of last week, week, Jaleesa, Mm. on if this might be an NRLPA realm where they might step in and and assist with medical costs on that new sort of hardship fund. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Neither club has the um, obligation, or certainly the Warriors, they've already released him. It is unusual. It's not unusual to not register a contract before the medical. That's pretty usual. It's very unusual to let a player train um, when you've got all those grey areas of insurance and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I think maybe... I said the RLPA could, it could be an avenue and that's, I haven't been in touch with the RLPA and perhaps that's something I'll do today, but could be an avenue um, there for the new player hardship fund, which came in only about, so obviously that was negotiated in the CBA. That was one of the really major sticking points at the end, at the end of the CBA negotiations. It only actually came into effect uh, and there's a few stages of it to be rolled out. I think it began maybe a month ago. Uh, six weeks ago. Um, so perhaps there's some access that he can get through there. But, uh, yeah, very, very sticky situation. Yeah, we've got plenty of tennis stuff that we'll get into today. More basketball news with the Sydney Kings and a much-needed win. The NFL playoffs is where I just want to get to before the break, Jaleesa. Did you watch any of the NFL yesterday? The Kansas City Chiefs, they defeated the Miami Dolphins. And it was... As cold a game, I think it was the fourth coldest NFL match in NFL history. The, the coach, Andy Reid, his moustache was frozen to Lisa. <laughs> Did you see that? I didn't see it, but that sounds very funny. <laughs> Seriously, there, and there was some footage that went viral yesterday that the fridges in the venue uh, at Arrowhead, they were actually keeping the drinks on site from freezing. They were taking them out oh. of the fridge holding it out of the fridge and it would freeze. That's how cold it was. But it was 26 to 7. Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs get it done in front of Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs Army. Uh, And this morning's match is going to be between the Steelers. uh, Sorry, was supposed to be the Steelers and the Bills, but that was equally as cold. There's a blizzard and they could barely get in the stadium. So that one's been rescheduled. But there's lots of NFL action Coming up, there's a game that kicks off at 8.30. We'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. Jaleesa, 
Breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Summer Brecky here on SEN, and we're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Time now for an Australian Open update. Thanks to Wilson. Experience the ultimate summer of tennis with Wilson. Jaleesa, I'm going to let you lead here because you were all over it yesterday. Yeah, uh, last night was just a thrilling match. Um, David, uh, Daniel Gallen, sorry, and Jason Kubler. So Jason Kubler's Australian. It was just a really seesawing match uh, where you had Kubler win the first set, David Gallen then came back in the sec. Two others, sorry, Daniel, I keep saying David, Daniel Gallen came back in the uh, second set, third set won with a tiebreaker. Kubler then kind of looked like he was going to flog in the – uh, fourth set and then sort of just won the fourth set and then the fifth set went to a tiebreaker. Like I think it was the second set, I think it was the second set or the third set went for 80 minutes. It's huge for a set. So finished quite late and just a very seesawing match. Today is really interesting too because you've got Alex Demonor in action tonight, um, but you've also got Mark Pullman's um, and oh my God, he's just escape my name, Alex, Alexi Popper, and they are, they will um, face each other for, one of them will take on Novak Djokovic. Everyone's worried about Novak Djokovic, you know, was a little bit tested in his first round. Every single year he does this, every year. The first round undoubtedly goes four, five sets, and we all go, oh, my God, maybe he's going to find it harder this year. No, he's not. He's going to do this until a, he's going to do this until about the semifinals, and then he's going to start flogging everyone, 6-0, 6-0. Yeah, I love that from you. Start, start the day hot. Get in on your opinions oh, he's early. Fine. Uh, I mean, yeah, Novak is going to be fine, let's be honest. Uh, he got the job done yesterday. Uh, Dino Prismic from Croatia, the 18-year-old, uh, that score was 6-2, 6-7, 6-3, 6-4. He finished off the match. Uh, he was last year's French Open junior champion, but he'd never played in a Grand Slam match. And from all reports, I mean, I was at the Big Bash last night, but everything I was seeing online on Twitter was, my goodness, this kid is a star of the future. Yeah, yeah. But again, I just don't think Novak has, was playing to his full potential, so... Yeah, but I mean, uh, I mean, the fact that he pushed him at all um, was good. We got a text here, dear Trent and Jaleesa, congratulations on the job you've done in the morning slot. Just an observation on the Australian Open: the yobo factor, with all the yelling and screaming by spectators, is a major distraction for genuine supporter. Having attended Wimbledon in 2023, I find the Australian Open crowd behaviour at odds with the passive behaviour expected at such events. I have some elderly retired friends who are tennis purists attending the Australian Open for the first time. I'm concerned their experience will be impacted by the Yobos. Can the tournament director take some action? The Shoalhaven doctor. It is a very different vibe. All of the all of the Grand Slams are very different vibes, but obviously Wimbledon has a lot more of that steeped in tradition. Everyone gets very dressed up. Even if you're in the queue, everyone's sort of pretty well-dressed and on their best behaviour, and I don't think it would be tolerated at Wimbledon. I guess there's some people... I, this has been brought up before uh, leading into this summer and out of last summer, I guess there's some people who don't mind the kind of party atmosphere of the Australian Open. And I think the whole thing is more of a party. Like you've got a lot happening out on the outside courts and just a lot of other things set up, like a lot of sponsorship 
vans and things like that where there's other things taking place. I don't know. What do you think, Trent? Do you like the atmosphere or are you like it a little bit more traditional? Yeah, it's almost like the golf equation where you've got the party hole and how much people are loving mm. that in live golf, the you know, new inclusions. I actually really love it until it becomes an intrusion on the game. Yeah. I love the vibes at the Aussie Open and I think it's one of the best tournaments in the world for fan engagement yeah. and activity of crowds. But also, you know, to three o'clock in the morning sometimes, fans fully engaged in the contest and getting players over the line with their impact mm. uh, and their noise and their cheering and things like that. But when, as this text was, you know, the Shoalhaven doctor was alluding to, the yobbos, uh, unfortunately, when it's people yelling out one out when a serve is about yeah, to happen, yeah. just not on. That stuff needs to be, you know, I, to be honest, I'm happy if someone does that for a security guard to walk down, take them out and say, righto, thanks for coming today. You're out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, tennis is a, it's sort of not the place, I guess, for yelling out and carrying on, is it? No, no. But uh, you know what? I love that everyone's having a good time. It's going to be a ripper tournament. The men's number mm. five seed, Andre Rublev was staring down the barrel of losing to unseeded Brazilian Thiago Saboth. Wild, but somehow rescued the match in the super tie break to win that tennis update. Thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. We'll have Brett Phillips, SEN tennis expert, just out of 7 o'clock to wrap up the rest of the Aussie Open and look ahead as well. Thanks, Vanessa. We're Welcome back to Summer Brekkie, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're just waking up, sorry, Jaleesa, to keep you awake as you have a bit of a yawn, uh, here are the headlines that we've been discussing. The Strikers defeated the Sydney Thunder at Manica Oval last night to lock up a final spot in the Big Bash on the back of Matty Short's Masterclass yet again. We've spoken about Sock's brilliant bowling performance, SEN's own Stephen O'Keefe in the Sydney smash at the SCG on Friday night. Questions are being asked over the fallout for the Ronald Volkman signing by the Dragons after he trained with the side without having a contract registered with the NRL. The Sydney Kings had a much-needed win over the New Zealand Breakers in the NBL and the Brisbane Bullets have now won four in a row after defeating the Illawarra Hawks. And we've discussed some of the results from the opening day of the Aussie Open. We'll look at that in more depth in the next hour with Brett Phillips. But we'd love to hear from you. Pick up the phone and call us on 1300-01-1170. Jaleesa, let's talk a little bit more cricket. Mm. Uh, Big Bash obviously flying, but one of the events of the last couple of days was Aaron Finch, his final match uh, as a professional cricketer at Marvel Stadium on Saturday night. He got a duck, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, But there's been plenty of legendary players that have finished with a duck. Uh, And it was a magic night. Uh, His family present, all of his friends. But the opposition in the Melbourne Stars in the local derby, a packed house at Marvel, and the fans getting to say goodbye to a legend of Australian cricket. And Shortly after that, just to couple it together, Sean Marsh announced his retirement from professional cricket. In traditional Sean Marsh style, anyone that knows him doesn't say much, likes to be out of the radar uh, as far as public um, eyes, I guess you could say. Um, But the Melbourne Renegades have confirmed that this week's BBL match against the Thunder at the Sydney Showground will be his final match for the club. So two legends of the game in cricket circles, both playing for the Renegades, 
uh, and Jaleesa. They've both said sayonara. Yeah, uh, Aaron Finch, obviously a great servant of the game for um, not only the Renegades, but also Australia. Uh, probably hasn't been in the best form over the past few years, um, but has been doing a bit of media work and very talented in that area. So I'm sure we'll see him pick up much more of that. Sean Marsh just sort of was like, okay, by the way, I'm I'm leaving, bye. So um, <laughs> yeah. he's a bit premature, I think. I mean, um, his age, what did you say? He's 40, I think he's told me copes in the yep. break, but... Uh, age is just a number. And in that game, that last game against the Melbourne Stars, 64 of 49 balls. I think he's in great form at the moment. So I don't know, I guess leave before you left <laughs> is yeah, maybe a good that's true. motto. But uh, yeah, he's certainly um, leaving on a high in the Big Bash. Yeah. And what a player. Uh, in terms of two guys that I dreaded bowling to in, in all formats of the game, those two are right up there. Sean Marsh, didn't get to play the amount of test cricket that he probably could have. Uh, his talent was up there with any of the best players over the last decade or so. And Aaron Finch, I think one of our better white ball captains mm. in history mm. uh, in terms of not only his own performances, but how he led the group, uh, won big tournaments. He just seemed to be there at the right time and make the right decisions. So congratulations, Sean Marsh and Aaron Finch on some incredible careers. And Aaron Finch, as you said, Jaleesa, we'll get to see plenty of him in the commentary box for years to come. Uh, he's got some brilliant ideas on the game, unpacks it as good as anyone there is. Uh, ahead of Wednesday's first test against the West Indies, SEN Cricket's Bharat Sundarason has spoken one-on-one -on -one with Steve Smith from the Adelaide Oval. We'll bring you that chat out of 8 o'clock, but here is a little preview. Once it became official, I mean, have you had a, that chat with Uzi? I mean, you guys batted so much with each other, but suddenly you're walking out to bat. You haven't done a lot of that. I just randomly sent him a message. I don't think he knew that I was opening yet, and I just said, do you want the first one or should I take it? <laughs> and he sent back, opening, question mark, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. So, um, yeah, we have, actually haven't decided who's taking the first one yet, but um, after I got out, <laughs> out first ball the other night, I was like, Uzi, maybe you should take it. <laughs> Very interesting, Steve Smith. Quite jovial about the whole situation. And I love the fact that Uzi might not have even known, uh, you know, and, and that Steve sent me a message. Would it, I know it's kind of a funny question because it is the big bash and he dips in and out, but would that rattle him at all, the fact that he got out that first ball? No, I don't think so. I mean, it may well have for 24 hours, but once he got into the groove in the nets in Adelaide and, you know, the, the buzz of a test match comes around, I imagine all he'll be thinking about is first ball, get through that, and then he'll be away. He seemed... I, um... I think he's going to be incredibly successful doing it at the top of the order. He's, he's just too good not to. And whether he's batting at one or at four, I think against this West Indies attack, they're going to have their work cut out. Yeah, gee, you, hope, you really hope so. He did a um, press conference yesterday as well, um, and he just seemed so relaxed about the whole thing. Like, uh, I guess that's the difference when you make those kind of decisions on your own terms and you've volunteered to go up the order yourself. You're not being forced up there. It almost seemed like he was really excited to get the game underway. So yeah. good signs. Yeah, good science. I think Australia will play well in this series, as they always do at home. Uh, in the NFL, just updating you on those results yesterday. So we spoke briefly about the Chiefs winning 26-7.
Uh, this is in the wildcard playoff weekend. 45-14, to 14, the Texans upset the Browns, and CJ Stroud, rookie CJ Stroud, quarterback, was unbelievable. His number one receiver, Nico Collins, did the business, as did the defense. They turned over, I think it was two pick sixes for Joe Flacco, um, which was incredible to watch. The games today, 8.30 a.m. this morning, we're going to have the Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. We've got the Rams against the Lions at midday. Uh, and of course, there's a couple more games to go. We've got the Steelers and the Bills and the Eagles and the Bucks. Those are on Tuesday. So a big weekend of NFL. Thankfully, the 49ers get to just kick up, put their feet up and relax. Jaleesa, when it comes to these sort of overseas, big market events and you see Taylor Swift rock in and yesterday at Arrowhead, she was doing, she was sitting with, I think it's Donna Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's mum, mm. and sitting in the stands. And the, the camera goes to her every five minutes, it feels like. Uh, but there was, you know, they were dancing in the stands, they were singing, the crowd was getting amongst it. And it's refreshing for me, I don't know about your opinion, but to see Taylor Swift just be one of the fans. She's wearing a Travis Kelsey uh, oh, yeah. Parker, hoodie. She's just, she's she just, just one, vibing it. Oh, she's one of the fans up there in her catered box with all the security in the world. That is just oh, right yeah, in, <laughs> she's right in the midst of it. <laughs> I can imagine you doing that when you're doing the Viking clap for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I never watch things in the, like, obviously as media, you always have access to all the corporate suites and that. I always go down and sit because you get a better sense of the, the game. I'm not Taylor Swift though, so... <laughs> Probably it's fine to, you know, go and sit amongst it. But, uh, yeah, I don't, it's funny the, some of the backlash that, um, she has got and he has got in America. I saw one of the sports broadcasters say the other day, well, no, like they were talking about whether it's distracting him from winning a Super Bowl and, she said, well, no one's questioning whether it's distracting her from a world tour. So I thought that was yeah. quite funny. Good on her. I, I think absolutely. I mean, Travis Kelsey's had a few drops lately, and I love that people are trying to blame that on Taylor Swift. Come on, get a grip, people. I saw him uh, throw his helmet more... the other day. He looked a bit angry. Actually, and I listened to some of him on the pod. Uh, he's got a podcast, and I'm not really yep. – I don't really follow the NFL, but I just like to know what's doing. And uh, he was – Filthy at one of their losses. Yeah, he has been uh, quite emotional, but he is at the best of times. His brother, Jason, takes the mickey out of him on that podcast. Mm, yeah. it. He stormed out of the podcast the other day. It was brilliant. <laughs> uh, lots to talk about this morning on SEN Summer Brekkie. And breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is summer breakfast here on SEN. We'd love to hear from you. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 is the open line and 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. Jaleesa, time now for Pull Up Your Socks. It's all thanks to Underworks for all-day comfort, everyday quality and everyday style. It has to be all-day socks by Underworks. Who needs to pull up their socks? You can let us know on that text line. 0457-736-736. Jaleesa, do you have an early nomination? I've got an early nomination. It's going to get me in a bit of trouble. Uh, troll oh, me no. troll me on all the socials. You know where to find me. Uh, pull up your socks. A-League fans, unite round. The crowd numbers, no, not too good. Like 11,000 at Allianz 
Stadium for Sydney FC, 7,000 for MacArthur. It's Unite Round. So it's like their version of, if for anyone who doesn't follow the A-League, their version of like uh, Magic Round in the uh, NRL. I can't remember what it's called in the AFL. But anyway, um, the Gather Round. Gather Round, that's right. Um, so, yeah, the just the crowd. Like, you know, you want your sport. They always want their sport to grow. And I, I would call myself a fringe A-League fan. Like I watch the games, but I'm not super duper passionate about it. So maybe I need to pull up my socks and go to a few games. But yeah, you just got to turn out. And, and that, I think that's a Sydney thing. I feel like in other states, like Brisbane, obviously, when Magic Round's up there, the whole of Brisbane goes to Magic Round. I think it's a Sydney yeah. thing. Maybe Sydney need to pull up their socks. Maybe we all need to pull up our socks because I think our attendance in general is not very good at things. Yeah, you're right. Look, it, at some point we need to actually be harsh w- with our pull up your socks. We've actually got to speak the truth here, Jaleesa, so I like that you've done it. Mm. We all need to pull up our socks when it comes to the A-League. Just recapping a few of those results uh, at Unite Round. MacArthur 3 all with Western United on Friday night. Western Sydney Wanderers defeated Melbourne City 1-0 and the Adelaide United beat Sydney FC 4-3. Uh, my pull up your socks, Jaleesa, is, and I guess you were talking about, might be slightly controversial. Well, I work for Cricket New South Wales and my pull and up they your need socks to pull up their Thunder. socks. My pull up your socks is the Sydney Thunder and uh, you know it's not controversial it's reality when you're at the foot of the table in the big bash you do need to pull up your socks you've got to find ways of doing things better Uh, Trevor Bayliss uh, Chris Green and co uh, unfortunately even with Davey Warner coming back into the team they haven't been able to get things done so not ideal, but that's pull up your socks. All thanks to Underworks for all day comfort, everyday quality, and everyday style. It has to be all day socks by Underworks. Jaleesa, there's a few texts that have been floating in this morning. Uh, any highlights coming out of that? Ah, Pedro the Rooster says, Thanks for the Tay Tay update, team. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be being a little bit facetious with that comment. Yes. Uh, good morning, JNT. If he was training with the Dragons in preseason and got injured while training under the Dragons system, if he is signed or not, the Dragons are liable in my way of thinking. What's your thoughts? Cheers, Barry. So that's obviously in relation to uh, Ronald Volkman, who has um, obviously failed that uh, injury um, test after, but the contractor hadn't been registered. Um, for the Dragons, yeah. but he'd already started training. So, yeah, I generally agree with that because it's not like the Warriors are going to take him back now, are they? No, exactly. Difficult spot for a new signing, and particularly one that's come in with an injury. Um, very grey area. I don't really know the answer. Um, the Brisbane Eel has said, Happy Monday, TC and JA. If the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, does Tay-Tate blow up if she doesn't get to do the halftime show? Maybe PVL swoops in and offers her a gig at the NRL Vegas game. Uh, interesting. Yeah. She'll be on a world tour. Well, I think um, she's got she, – I think it's – she's Japan, I think, is where the world tour is when um, the Super Bowl's on. But I'm sure she could find some space in the schedule. That would be great. Yeah. I mean, the Super Bowl doesn't need any more star factor than it already has. But that would be great. What was your What's your favourite Super Bowl halftime performance – and what was the worst one for you? Oh, that's, I, I, to be honest. Question that, without notice. Without notice. Yeah, I, I think Rihanna last year was actually 
up there with some of my favourites. Um, was it last year or the year before? It, either way, it, it, Rihanna was magic for many reasons. And whilst pregnant, um, and the show that was put on, it was incredible. What about you? Uh, my favourite was uh, Beyonce, but then also the year that was like 50 Cent, Eminem, like just all the my, my oh, childhood yeah. heroes. Hated Adam Levine ripping his shirt off that year. That was like so cringe. It was such an ick. Oh, yes. That, <laughs> tell us what you think What has been the best uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl and the worst. Probably the worst is going to get more engagement. 0457 736 736. Lots of sports to talk about this morning. Stick with us on Summer Brecky. SEN Summer Brekkie, we are here for Brighton's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers. Jaleesa, just quickly, it wasn't the slickest performance for the Socceroos, but they got the job done on Saturday night with a 2-0 win over India in their Asian Cup opener in Doha. You watched a bit of that one? Yeah, I watched till the first uh, goal. Uh, it was just a little bit, it felt... A little bit like, oh, my God, we're going to go the whole game without scoring. It's going to be nil all, and then they're going to score right at the very end, and we're going to get beaten one nil. was my fear. Um, I went to bed after the, the first goal, but, yeah, uh, probably not the best start. A little bit shaky, a little bit disjointed. A very different side to the one that played in the World Cup. I mean, there's, I think it's only about yeah. half the squad is still there, through uh, some through retirements. Um, and I, I mean, also with uh, football in the national side, what happens a lot is a lot of these players go over and play in the other in overseas competitions when they start to get really good, but then they don't get as much game time. And Graham Arnold's big on you've got to be playing to be picked. So uh, the yep. side always seems to look a bit different. But yep, hopefully they'll um, they'll get uh, through a bit easier. In the rest of the tournament. Yeah, fingers crossed. We're about to farewell those of you listening on SENQ 693am in Brizzy. For everyone else across Queensland, Ben Davis is coming up next, filling in for Patton Heels. For those of you here in Sydney on 1170am here, uh, there is plenty more to come. And if I can spit it out after the break, stay with us.